You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. This week we're in Ephesians 5, and we said this that last week, that notice we did uh, work our way through three scriptures that dealt with the wife, but now we talk about the role of a husband, and guys, we get 11 verses which says right away, ladies, that we need a whole lot more work than you do. Amen? And, and so we, we are humored by that, but yet it, it, it seems like it, it, it brings the weight of the responsibility to a more realistic place. And so main focus this morning is husbands. It doesn't mean that this isn't for everybody. It does mean that the majority of my message is going to be somewhat directly to men and to, and to husbands, but I think all of us can gather something from God's word and, and we can all walk away with some type of enlightenment. Some, we sang just a moment ago, open my eyes. Uh, and, and so we, we pray this morning that the Holy Spirit of God would open our eyes and that we would see something this morning in scripture as we leave that we could say, that was it. I needed that. I, I'm so thankful that, that God brought me here this morning. So let's just open it up right here to Ephesians 5.25. Uh, where it says in the very first part of the verse, husbands, love your wives. Let's just jump right in. Those four words will be the message. I'll actually take each word, and we're going to study those four words together. So this message is for husbands, and remember, a husband is somebody who has a wife. Now listen, when you come to Gospel Light, you get that type of deep theological teaching, Okay? And today, that, 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 that is somewhat deep for a lot of churches, all right? A husband is somebody who, who has a wife. And to be a godly man, to be a godly husband, is more difficult than it's ever been before. And I want every dad here to know, and I want every husband here to know, I want every man here to know that I understand, as a man, the complexity and the demands of the job that God has extended to you. And may the weight of that responsibility uh, really be exemplified this morning. I don't want to water it down because a married man wears a lot of different hats. And let's start off with those hats. Hat number one is the provider hat. And man, it's, it's difficult sometimes to, to wear that hat, to be successful. But also, while I'm being successful in providing for my family, I'm also being successful at home as well. In other words, I, I want to save my best energies for the people at home. And that's, that's difficult. I mean, when you work from 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock or seven, 6 o'clock, or sometimes as a pastor, I find myself at times 7, 8, or 9 o'clock, but I've got to save my best energy at home. In other words, the energy level when I walk inside that door needs to be as high or higher than it did when I walked inside the church at 8 a.m. Because my family deserves my best energy. Be your best at your job, but be your best at home. That's difficult, isn't it? But that's the provider hat. And then secondly, there's the handyman hat. Oh, I wear this hat along with Ken Wagner. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> I've got my wife and my, my children. Then I've got living next to me my precious mother-in-law and, and two precious single ladies in our ministry. And then to my other side, I've got Kathy Wilkie and another precious single lady in our church. So I've got all these single women, and I'm wearing the handyman hat for all of them, and I don't know what in the world I'm doing. 
I'm just glad I've got a lot of phone numbers <laughs> that I can call. And they don't care who I get to do it. They just want it done fast and cheap. Cut the grass. Fix the plumbing. Change this. Repair that. And then there's the dad hat. That's a big hat, isn't it? I mean, I've got to play with the kids. I've got to make sure to go to all their games and, and spend time with them. And I've got to, I've got to train them spiritually because that, that's, that's part of my responsibility. And then the most difficult thing is this. I've got to be fun and be firm at the same time. How do you do that? That takes a, a lifetime to learn. And I've only got 18 years per kid. So I've got to be fun, but I've got to be firm. I mean, I want them to like Dad and want to hang out with Dad, but I also want them to know that, that I am Dad and that I am the authority in the home and their lives. And, man, that's difficult. And then there's the husband hat. And other than the Christian hat, which we're not even discussing this morning, I mean, that goes without saying, but other than the Christian hat, the husband hat is the most important one I wear. Because if I blow it with my wife, I blow it, Period. You can be successful at everything else, but if you fail at this, if you fail at being a Christian dad, if you fail at being a Christian husband, you have failed. And all of this is resting upon the husband. All of this. And so, husbands, husbands, step up. And number two, love. Husbands. Love. That's the second word in this verse, by the way. Uh, you know, that would be a good verse to memorize. It's amazing how many men wouldn't know what Ephesians 5.25 said when it may be one of the most important verses in all the Bible. It's not difficult to memorize. It's probably harder to memorize Ephesians 5.25 than it is husbands love your wives. But what a great scripture to memorize. Love. Love. This is not the word for making love. That, that word eros, if you will, is a word for love. It's the word that deals with a, a, an exotic love, uh, uh, the making of love. But it's not talking about that. It's not talking about a phileo love, uh, uh, the love that deals with friendship, the where we get the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, right? It's not dealing with friendship love, although that is a very important way to love our wives. Uh, it's not dealing with making love to my wife. It's not dealing with having a cup of coffee with my wife. And those things are important. In fact, I'm convinced that friendship is an incredible metaphor for a lifelong relationship with our spouses. And friendship is needed, and it's important, and it's, it's huge. And it needs to come first while we're getting to know that one whom we are preparing to marry. But it's the biblical term that describes God's love. That's what the word means in the text. His giving love, his selfless love, his sacrificial love. This is an amazing word here that goes much deeper than where most of us stop with making love and being a friend and hanging out and grabbing a cup of coffee. No, no, this goes deeper than all of that. In fact, it can probably best be described in simple terms with a little phrase that we need to know about. It's not in your notes because I wanted you to write it down. I want you to write the first little letter down. It's called you. Write that down. You, just you. You, that's you, by the way. You is you. So you, husband's love. What does it mean? It means you, and then write this letter down, B. The letter B, you be. <laughs> you be, yeah, you, you, you be. 
And then write the number four down. Oh, we're almost there. Husbands, love. You be four. Write this word down, me. You see, if you put it all together, it says this, you before me. And that is the selfless, sacrificial, giving love of God, which is the essence of marriage. That somebody comes before you and it's the person of your wife. You, gentlemen, are called to put another person first. And you're wrecking your future when you put you before her. The greatest calling that you have is the phrase, the greatest calling you have is the phrase, husbands love your wives. If you get this done, you are a successful man. If I can get this done, I'm a successful pastor. This is an act of the will. It's it's not something that I do if I feel like it. Because sometimes I don't feel like it. Honestly, I don't. Just being transparent. You'll 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 get a lot of that from me. You know, you know, it's 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 just not always that I feel like putting her before me. Sometimes I want to do what I want to do. But, but this is an act of the will. This is not dealing with my feelings. This deals with first discipline. I mean, that's not very fun. Discipline's not fun. I mean, when I tell myself I got to go work out, I mean, sometimes I just don't feel like working out. But I know that if I'll get there, uh, there'll, there'll be something that will, will come out of it. That discipline then turns to desire. Once I get there, I kind of want to do it. You know, I'm here. I might as well go ahead and work out. And then comes the delight. The delight of knowing that, man, I'm, I'm healthier, I'm stronger. Same thing in marriage. I discipline myself to, 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 with, in a, with a willing heart to love my wife. And then, and then comes the desire. And then I enjoy the delight, the, 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 the kissing, the making love, or the, just, the, just the benefits of what love does. Because if you do what love does, then you will feel the things that love feels. But you've got to first do the things that love does before you can feel the things that love feels. And so husbands, love. Love your wives. The essence of marriage is found in this little phrase that every man needs to memorize. Husbands, love your wives. It's an amazing thing. Number three, husbands, love your wives. Oh my. I mean, is this going to be a long point? Is there a whole lot to say about the word your? Well, in the context of this verse, there really is a lot to say. Maybe as much or more than any of the others. You see, you men, husbands, are responsible for the temperature, the tone, and the quality of your marriage. You take that responsibility upon yourself. And the man that has an eye for every pretty woman walking by, that man is a fool. That's why we've got to be careful about overt kindness. It's not wrong to have even an occasional compliment to other women. But it should never total more than a drop in a bucket compared to the attention and affection that you lavish upon your wife. I mean, I, I want to be kind and I want to compliment uh, a, a, another woman. That, that, there's nothing sinful about that or wrong about that. It, there, there's something that, that is okay about that, even Christian about that. But in compared, and my wife should know this, compared 
to the kindness, to the love, to the attention, to the affection that I give to her, lavish upon her, it should be almost zero. She is the only wife I will ever have. She is the only woman I will ever sleep with. She is the only provision for all of my needs. And so scripture says, husbands, love your. Your marriage is what you make it. And someone says here this morning, well, I haven't made much of it lately. Well, you know what you just did? You did what Amanda did and got honest with us. Wasn't that beautiful? I mean, isn't that great that a young lady can stand up and just say, man, I, I don't have it all together. I, I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. I, I, I'm just not going to give you the, the speech that probably Pastor or, or Brother Tim thought I would give. She didn't practice that with us. We didn't say, okay, now tell us what you're going to say. Don't, don't say that. Somebody might not think that the school's good. Amanda just got up here and told the truth. And sometimes I think we just need to be willing to say, I don't have it all together, and my marriage is not what it should be, and, you know, I'm not really making much of my marriage. Well, well, make it something now then. Right, right now, like today, like this moment. Make it something right now. Before the sun goes down today, get alone with your wife. Is my wife in the room? I know she slipped out with Chloe. Did she, is she still out or she, sometimes she slips back in? Okay. By, by the way, my daughter hasn't been feeling real well. So pray for her because it may be, that might be why she's with her. So, but she's normally right there. So I was going to give a really cool illustration. I'll tell you what the illustration was going to be since she's not here. I won't, I won't give it because husbands love your wives. Amen. <laughs> so I was going to love my wife a little bit and show you that. That table and that chair there. I was going to have Zoe and Joe grab the table and the chair while I was talking, and they were going to bring it over here while I was talking. And then I was going to going to just kind of act like I didn't. I didn't know it was there because I made up the illustration. But I was going to act like it wasn't there. So I was going to say, "Wow, look! Here's a table. Here's some chairs. Honey, come on the platform with me." And she didn't even know this was going to happen. She would have come up on the platform and she would have sat there, and I would have sat here. And here's what I would have done: the same thing that some of us need to do today. I would have taken her by the hands and she would have deserved it today. Because I'm not the husband I need to be, but I'm working on it. And one of the ways you work on it is you sit down and you take her by the hands and you look her straight in the eye and you say, honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times that I've put me first. I'm sorry for the times that I've chosen someone over you or, or some call over you or, or, or some moment that I should have been spending with you. I was spending with someone else. And I want you to know that I'm going to make a greater conscious effort to do better at those things. And would you forgive me and start afresh today, regardless of how she's treated you, regardless of whether or not she's been the perfect wife or done all those things for you. That, that, that's not the issue right now. The issue is me, and I need to love my wife with a love that listens to her. Every detail that she shares with me, I want to give her my full attention because she needs to hear what, I need to hear what she has to say. Anybody ever fallen prey to this? I have, and so I'll tell you the story, and you don't have to feel bad. You can just feel bad for me. But sometimes I'll, I, I, I'll talk to Carol Ann, even on a date. I'm confessing. I'm confessing this statement. Love her with a love that listens to her with full attention and to, to the details she wants you to hear. And so she's talking and she's sharing. And then, bzz, oh, 
all of a sudden there's silence at the table. Why has she stopped talking? I'm just returning a text. And then she says very sternly, maybe even hatefully, I mean, come on, guys, give me a break. I mean, you know, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. Could you give me a break? Why are you you returning that text? Well, well, just real quick, why are you doing that? Well, it's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. You care more about that than you do me. That's fine. Go ahead. Sometimes I can turn that into a joke, and I can say it where everybody would laugh. Honestly, I could have done that, and everybody would have cracked up. There's certain ways a preacher, an orator, can say things to make people laugh, and there's other ways he can say things to make people understand. It ain't funny, and it's not funny. Sometimes, you know, I know texting's great, and I know when you talk about social media, we have to be very careful. I understand that, because there's so many great things about it, but I tell you, texting lately has been, it's crazy. I, I need to find a book on I almost preach a sermon. I, sometimes, like, somebody will text me at, at like, 8 o'clock, and then if, if I don't text them by 8.10, they text me, hello? Hello? And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't turn it in one second. You know, I remember the sermon illustration. I was trying to save my marriage. But, but, but have you ever been there where, where she wanted your full attention and, and, and you should have given her your full attention because husbands love your wives and, and yet we let something come before her. Listen, love her with a love that allows her to open up and then secondly, love her with a love that you open up. And that's not easy for guys. We're not good at opening up because we're not, you know, it's just not that we don't, think like they think sometimes and and we're different than they are we're not the same and that's okay we're equal but we're not the same so husbands love your wives how important that is then finally here's the word wives we'll spend some time here because this this is really truly the the one that we are focusing on how we can be a better husband to this word wives so let's start with this women are not the same as men can i get an amen Okay, thank you. Listen, last week we said that nowhere in Scripture is a man told to take his position of authority in the home. That is something yielded to you by your equal. This is not something you demand. This is not something you get just because you are the husband. Woman, listen to me. I'm the husband. You know what the Bible says. No, she does, but you don't. Because that's not what it says. This is something that's yielded to you. You don't ask for it, and you don't demand it. You win it by serving her. It's incredible. And I'm telling you, it works. It's amazing how, how I've learned this over the years, how, how, how more prone my wife is to submit to me beyond my most incredible imaginations as, as a husband. I'm so blessed, and yet... I find that it increases the more I serve her and submit to her. 1 Peter 3, 7a says, Likewise, husbands, love, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Live with your wife in an understanding way. That means I need a PhD in understanding my wife. I want to earn that thing, amen? It, 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 it takes a while. It ta- i got to study my wife. That's what that means. Understand, study her, know her, how she feels, what kind of mood she's in, when it's good to say something, when it's not good to say something. Why are you laughing, Tiffany? 
understand her. So let me give you three things that women are more than men. You ready for this? N number one, women are more sensitive than men. Duh. <laughs> women are more sensitive than men. Women are wounded by the things that men don't even notice. Isn't it true? I mean, sometimes my wife and I will be watching a movie, and I'm really getting into it. I'm laughing, and she's crying. I'm like getting into it, like, this is the good part. And then I'm like, <laughs> what, are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. You're like, I ain't feeling any of that right now. <laughs> I mean, none of that. Like, that's the farthest thing from my mind right now. <sighs> my wife cries at commercials. They're like 30 seconds long. And within uh, 23 seconds, I mean, she's already gotten into it, figured it out. She's crying, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not there. I, I, they're, they're so much more sensitive than us. They're wounded sometimes by things that we're like, really? Wow, I, yeah. Understand, study her. Number two, women are more security-oriented than men. That's why we're to protect them and to provide for them. Husbands, that provider hat, that protecting hat. They, they are more security-oriented. That, that's why we need to be careful if we're away from home at night that we've invested financially even or, or potentially with calling others to check in. I, the other day I was gone I, and I called a, a friend in church. I said, look, would you go by the house and check on my wife? You say, that's kind of a little extreme. Well, whatever. You know, it's just something I'm trying to do. I thought she'd feel special if somebody in the church came by and said, hey, your husband just wanted me to come because she's more security-oriented than I am. She, she wants to be protected and to know that I'm concerned about those things. Number three, women are prone to emotional extremes. Now, now, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Because they are prone to more emotional extremes, you and I have someone, thank the Lord, who has a warning system built inside of them. And that warning system is a way oftentimes to help us identify things going on with our kids even that we didn't even realize. I mean, an emotional extreme for me is, where is the remote? I'm digging at every couch, right, Zoe? I mean, come on, you and I, man, give me the, who did, you know, so we're looking, we're pulling everything up, and we're stressed out, man. I mean, literally, you would think our dog died. We don't have a dog, but if we did. And we're looking at that, and yet, Carol Ann's like, hey, you need to talk to your daughter. I'm really concerned. You need to go talk to Zoe tonight because, man, there's some things going on. Really? Well, it's great. What's going on? That'd be great. We just watched the ball game again. We had a time. No, I'm telling you, there's some things. You need to go talk to her. She picks up on stuff I don't pick up on. She senses things about our marriage that I just don't sense. But I'm thankful that built into my wife, because she's different than me, are emotions that warn me of things that could potentially become serious problems. They sense and feel things that men don't always sense and feel. And so let's move on. Husbands, love your wives. Now the big question is we conclude, how do I love my wife? Well, thankfully, a lot of questions I ask are answered by Scripture. It's really cool. I mean, like, like literally by Scripture. It's like, it's not like I got to go find it. It's like right there. For instance, look, if you would, at our text. It says, 
Husbands, love your wives. How? Oh, man, this is, oh, that was good, preacher. Four words. Awesome. How do I do it? As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Oh. Uh, okay. I, I thought the verse was just four words. No, it's a few more. And it gives the answer on how to love your wife just like Christ. See, you love your bride like Christ loves his bride, the church. Think about it. How did God love the church? Think about the most important human relationship. Would you not agree by now that it's the husband and the wife, right? The most important human relationship, the husband and the wife, is held up to the greatest relational act that has ever been expressed. As Jordan sang a moment ago, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus for you. That, that, that's the ultimate expression of love. Is the wrath of God being poured out on his son for me. God loved me so much that he gave his only son. Love your wife just like that. Oh. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's amazing, isn't it? How can I love my wife like that? Well, number one, just by giving yourself to her. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and what? Gave. He gave himself for her. And you know, this is not something we measure. Well, yeah, but what about her or even wives? What about him? For just a moment, can we, can we quit keeping score? I don't know why we keep score, but a lot of times in my counseling, everybody's keeping score. And it comes out like real early in the counseling, like, yeah, but she, yeah, but he, yeah, but... And it's like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, well, all right, let's figure this out. Everybody give me your grievances. I'll count them up and see where we're at. Who needs to do better? You know, when my... It's interesting. When my wife was really, really, really sick, like when she had this ulcerative colitis and it was blowing up and it was killing her and she was, you know... Dying, literally dying. And you, many of you know. That's one Bob, thing Bob can say. He remembers a lot about being here. My wife was really sick. And she was sick unto death. And she was in the hospital for sometimes upwards towards 30 days. One time received three pints of blood just to keep her alive. Emergency. Many of you gave blood. Bud Kaufman gave blood that day to keep my wife alive. And so this is the story of my wife's health. There were times when we went six months without Eros. Without much phileo. Couldn't date her. There, there, were, there were times when those kinds of love were not even in the discussion. There were times when she couldn't do anything for me. Nothing. I mean, it was just like, you know, I mean, six months of eating your casseroles. That's why my family hates casseroles. We don't like them. Any. I say, hey, they're bringing over casserole. Oh, dad, oh, we had six months of casserole. I'm joking. But I really shouldn't be because this is somewhat of a serious illustration. So we, we, we had periods of time where, actually years, where if you were keeping score, I was winning. I mean, if you want to keep score, hey, I went, I, I could hold a lot of time. But in reality, I think about it, I didn't keep score. That's not an issue. It's an illustration to say that my wife's been well, and honestly, it's amazing. I cannot believe how she has loved me and yielded to me and given me things and, and love and care. And you guys, 
Zoe, you've seen it. Chloe's seen it. Joe, you've seen it. Tiffany's seen it. Mo, Susanna, I mean, it's just, we all are amazed at the woman she is and, and she has become since her sickness. And, and I feel like, man, not only is she even the score, if, and again, if we're keeping score, and we're not, but illustration. Then I think about Miss Yoshida, opposite, almost married 50 years. Miss Yoshida, Mr. Yoshida is the rock of the family, the provider, pays for every meal. This guy is like a rock. If you knew him, you knew this. He was amazing. Then he gets sick, and for 10 years, the last 10 years of his life, as far as in the marriage, it was Miss Yo, giving, taking care of, bringing him to dialysis. I mean, she did everything, cooked every meal, watched what he ate, waited on him, took care of him. We're not keeping score. You may go 10 years. Without being able to receive some. The issue is this. Husbands love your wives. Like Christ loved the church. You, can, you begin to keep score with God. And you're going to lose every time. And then by calling. Number one. By giving yourself to her. But secondly. By leading her towards spiritual maturity. This is another way we can love our wives. Like Christ loved the church. If you look at the text there in verse as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. Sanctify her. This is beautiful because our wives are changed by the sanctifying and selfless love of the husband. This is how our wives are changed. When we become the spiritual leader of the home, it's amazing how this changes our wives, how this improves our marriage. Now, there's three ways that we can do this, I believe. Number one, we can model a walk with God. I think that's important. I think it's, I don't mean like intentionally look at me, but I mean, your wife ought to see you reading your Bible. I mean, I, I, this is important to me. I, uh, you're getting up before my family and this morning, being up in my prayer seat, in my Bible reading seat, not knowing that my wife's going to get up later and come and get a cup of coffee and, and see me. There. I mean, I know that's going to happen, but I'm not necessarily thinking about it. I just, that needs to be something she sees. I, I need to be someone she knows is walking with God and leading in the home spiritually. And then secondly, encourage your wife by praying for her. This is a way that we can, we can, we can, Help our wives spiritually mature. We can pray for them, encourage them, let them know, hey, I'm praying for you, sweetheart. Praying about this, you know, my, my wife right now going through a lot of changes in, in her life. At just where she's at in, in her hormones, in her, in her, at where her age is at, and, 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 and childbearing years over, moving into a different time zone of her physical inner being. And, and, and I, I'm learning, I'm studying, I'm trying to figure this thing out. And so... It's requiring a whole lot more of me to pray for her. And there's times when we can make that funny and enjoyable. But honestly, I think sometimes we've joked about these things for so long about wives and women. Yeah, that's true. Boy, my wife. Wait a minute. That's a quick way to kind of just push it aside. And we all laugh and have a good time. And, but it's serious stuff. It really is. It, 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 this, is this can destroy a marriage. This can... This can really destroy the, the, the fabric and the foundation of a marriage if a man is not praying for his wife during this, specifically at my age, 52, my wife, 53. At this age, a lot of, a lot of couples are divorced in between 25 and 30. Bob knows this. As pastors, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, you know, come on. You, you think after 25 years, but then they're blowing up at 30 and 35. And I'm thinking it's because this season of life requires more prayer and patience. And then, thirdly, influence your wife by inquiring about your wife spiritually. Asking her questions like this. Hey, 
what are you struggling with lately? Honey, tell me, what are you struggling with? It may be that she's struggling with me. You know, like the other day, I asked her, you know, are you okay? What are you struggling with? She said, we haven't been on a date in a while. Man, I didn't realize. Part of it was because of these basketball tournaments and things that I'd been going to. And that just, and so I said, Monday. She goes, oh, okay. <laughs> that was quick. I said, you got it. Thanks. You need to know what you're struggling with. We had the best date. Hey, La Hacienda is a good date. Amen? <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, that's the thing about my wife. We'll get in the car and, and I'll say, you know, where do you want to go? And she's like, oh, that's fine. Wherever you want to go, I go, where do you want to go? She goes, oh, you know where I want to go. <laughs> that means La Hacienda. We have the best time. Right, bud and Cindy? Amen, bud. And, and we had a great day. Talked and fellowshiped. Went over to Joe and Tiffany's for a little while after the day because they watched Glorianne. Thank you. And we had the best time. But she was struggling with that. Like, we haven't been on a date in a while. Done. Ask her, what can you pray with her about? A lot of times our wives just want to hear those words. What can you pray with me about? Or what can I pray with you about? Number three, by protecting her, we can, we can love our wives like Christ loved the church by protecting our wives. Let's read the text real quickly. And we're almost done. Look at verse 27. So then he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we, we are going to protect ourselves. I mean, it's in the nature of a man to protect himself. But oftentimes, we forget the oneness of marriage. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, he created male and female and he made them one flesh, right? We're one. My wife is not like Carol Ann over here and, and Eric over here. No, we are Eric and Carol Ann Capace. We're together. We're one. And when I protect me, I'm protecting her. And no man has ever neglected protecting himself. He nourishes. He cherishes himself. In fact, that's the next two things. And I wrote down in my notes, protect her physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And then number four, by nourishing her. And that's in Ephesians 5, 29, where it just says, but he nourishes her. And I took this word, and there's a lot of words you can take here just for sake of time. I threw a word out there. I think one way we can nourish our wives is just be kind. Be kind to our wives. Just be kind. Isn't that great, being kind? It's fun. Like, you say, well, give me a way to be kind. Okay, I'll give you a way to be kind. Reagan and I went on a date last night. And we, well, it was fun, Reagan. I'll tell on this a little bit. So, you know, our wives are in the back seat. They're talking. We're in the front seat. We're talking. And his wife's Christina. And, uh, and, and, and we get out of the car, and, and, and Reagan forgets to open the door for my wife, right? Because my wife's behind him, and, 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 I'm, and, and Christine's behind me. So did I remember to open yours? Okay, I did good. Okay, so I opened the door. <laughs> Reagan's loving this, man. I'm losing a friend right now. And, uh, but Reagan gets all the way to the ice cream shop, because we went on a double date last night. He gets all the way to the ice cream shop, and my wife is still in the car. This is great. By the way, this is the treatment I get as well, all right? And you get like 10 feet, you're doing a text again, you know, all the stuff we shouldn't do. And, and you're like, you know, so, but, and it's like, it's a ton of bricks. It's like, oh my goodness. She's, and you look back, and she's just sitting there like, the tongue, oh, the tongue is great. Reagan is so funny. His wife just belted out. I mean, it was almost embarrassing how you laughed. It was, ah! he, he runs, he almost gets hit by a car. 
literally. I thought, don't, don't kill yourself. It's just a door. He runs through the park, ah, you know, spins around. It would have been a perfect movie. He gets in there. He opens the door for Carolyn like he never forgot. Just like, oh, it was, it was hilarious. But you say, are you serious? You're telling me that if I get out of the door, walk six or seven steps and open the door, that one act is nourishing my wife? It's exactly what I'm telling you. It doesn't take much. We do those little things. We nourish our wives with little acts of kindness. And it changes, oftentimes, the, the perception of, of how we really care for them. And then by cherishing her, it's the next word. And it says to cherish her like, like we cherish our own bodies. Isn't it interesting how it says that, that no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it just as Christ does the church. It's amazing, but I, you know, I find myself, I, I cherish myself. I do. I, I want to be in good shape. I want to, I want to watch my weight. I want to be careful. I want to try to be healthy. I have my yearly physical and all these things because I cherish my body. I want to, I want to be there. I want to live for the, old enough to watch my grandkids to grow up if it, by God's grace. I mean, I could drop dead of a heart attack like my friend did last week. It's only by God's grace that I'm here. By the same token, I know that I have a small part in that. God's told me to take care of myself, so I do that. And you know, sometimes I take care of, better care of myself than I do my wife. And, we're, and how does that work? Because she's me, and I'm her, and we're together. And, and so I've got to cherish her. Because no man ever hated his own flesh. So sometimes when I get on the internet and I, I'm, I buy my vitamins, because I like, you know, I got certain vitamins I take. You know, you saw them last night, and I'm, you know, you buy them. And, and, and sometimes I'll, I'll think, and I'm getting better at this. I'll be, hey, honey, you need anything? Need what? Vitamins. And every time I ask her, she always says something. It's great. Hey, could you get me some uh, iron? I need a little iron. Can you get, or, or the other day she said, could you use some probiotics? You know, I don't even know what that is, but I, got, I found some. Got them. <laughs> probiotics. And it's just, she's so happy because I, I was getting something for me, but I was also getting something for her because... Uh, what I was getting for me was going was to cherish my body, and, and I, I cherish her body because we're one and the same. This isn't making sense. You say, so I'm supposed to go home and buy my wife vitamins? Come on, man. Maybe, but get it. You know what I'm talking about. Learn to cherish your wife like you cherish yourself because you know you do. Amen. If, if you're not feeling, if you're feeling, still feeling really good about yourself, I'll just make make you feel really bad for me. I'm selfish. Fire me. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you say, oh man, we got a selfish people. You do. And I got a bunch of selfish members. The truth of the matter is, th- there's nothing wrong with admitting that. that. That's No man ever hated his own flesh. Oh, take care of myself. I'm selfish. But when I'm living a godly life, when I'm a godly husband, I don't stop cherishing myself. I just realize that when I cherish myself, I'm cherishing my wife, we're one and the same. I need to take care of her first. And then finally, number six, and I'm done, putting God before her. Wow, what a shocker. We're going to finish with that, putting God before her? Yes, look at verse 31, 32, 33, just in closing. It says in verse 30, because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two should become one flesh. This mystery is profound that I am saying that it refers to Christ and his church. 
However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. You see that he let, and let the wife see that she respects her husband, putting God first. You know, it's interesting. When I was dating my wife, and I'll close with this, one of the most interesting things about our relationship was a moment that came right before we got serious. We were, we were dating about a year, and it was getting serious, but right before it got, like, really serious, like, Mom, Dad, I've met the one serious. We were together, and we had this deep conversation about each other and whether or not, you know, we were going to move forward. And, and, and I remember it was just a moment I'll never forget. I remember where we were sitting. I could take you to the place, to the bench. I could take you exactly where we were when, when this happened. It's, it's, it's one of those... You know, JFK moments, one of those moments you'll never forget where you were. I wasn't living then, but <laughs> Reagan moments, uh, you know, just, you just remember. And my wife looked at me in this conversation and she said, I just want you to know one thing. And she said it like that. I just want you to know one thing. What's that? She goes, you'll never be first in my life. You'll always be second. God will always be first. And when she said that, it was almost like a bell began to ring in my head. Ding, ding, ding. Don't lose this one. This is rare. This is rare. This is, this, this is one you want to marry. And, and to this day, my wife and I have somewhat of a, of a thing that we kind of know, and that is I'm not the most important person in her life. God is. And she tells me often, and I need to hear it often. And sometimes I don't tell her as often as she tells me because, you know, I, I, I just don't need to tell her that. She knows it. God is number one. God is first. And he'll always be first. And that's how I love my wife like God loves the church is I put him first because I have found when God is first, when God is the center of your relationship and both husband and wife understand that or they're moving in the direction of God, what's happening to their relationship? getting closer they're loving one another like he loves them because they're loving God first and so this is how we love our wives this is the role of the husband and so I just in closing challenge you as I finish this part of our series on marriage and parenting I encourage our church family to begin to gather themselves and their thoughts and and, and their confessions to one another and and have that moment at that table with one another find a place alone and open up and share and don't do it past tonight don't do it past the next 24 hours don't let the sun go down upon that conversation let's get it done so many times we preach we teach we share we have devotions we 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 watch we go to a small group and watch a video and a year later we're struggling with the same stuff because we just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and not addressing it the holy spirit deals with us and we just like Let me get out of here and just get to lunch and it'll all be over. But I'm suggesting we don't let lunch ruin the moment. Let's get it done. Let's get it right. Let's confess it. Let's, you know, my wife and I right now are doing a 21-day prayer challenge. And man, it is so awesome. And we're just reading a devotional together and praying before we go to bed. And it's not that we've not prayed before we go to bed together, but it's just that we've gotten lax and and we've, we've just not been spiritually connected like we need to be. So, This prayer challenge is so awesome. And I'm going to share it with you guys when we get done. But I'm loving it because we're we're, we're finding ourselves 
confessing to each other every night an area that we could do better in. We're praying over one another. It's really cool. And some of that's because I just don't want to be a hypocrite when I stand up here. I mean, honestly, some of it is I just want to get some things right. And then I don't want to give you false pretense that I've got it all together. I want you to know we're a work in progress. Amen. And I know that you are too. So we're in this thing together. All right, let's pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and with a moment of response, there's nothing extra today. Actually, we will be out a little early. This is our one worship corporate gathering of the week. Everything else is small group. Everything else is, you know, there's a lot going on around here, but there's only one corporate gathering, and this is so important. And so we're not in a hurry, but I just want you to know ahead of time we're going to be dismissed a few minutes early. And so take your time as we respond for the next few moments and then dismiss. If you need to be saved, you need to know that we are here to listen to if you've got an inquiry about eternity if you're kind of concerned you 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 want to know who who would i see who would i talk to our elders some of our elders will be up front myself butch and doug today we're here and we're ready to listen to to, we'll be willing to meet with you this week or make sure we talk to you right after the service or whatever will work for you just let us know how we can pray for you. If, if it has to do with eternity, your soul, your salvation, please, we're here. That's why we're here. Others need to come and just maybe pray, find a spot. Others maybe just need to worship, and that will be your response. But feel free to respond as God has, has responded to you. Father, I love you, and I thank you for today and for this moment, for this service. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon the word of God and, and I ask God that you, would, that you would minister to us. God, you have been so good and you've, you're teaching us. You're, you're showing us, God, things that, that, that we need to see. You're opening our eyes and it's so refreshing. It's, not, it's, it's almost like I'm going back to my first love and the way that I got my wife and she fell in love with me. I want her to fall over in love with me because I'm I'm doing things that I did that I've not done lately and so God teach me and train me and show me and help me. God help us as husbands and wives to understand these biblical teachings and then Father help us to grow as parents and in this year of the child we want to have stronger families. I love you Jesus and I pray for these next few moments to be exactly what they need to be for each of us, for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand?